Blue Collar Fitness. What is Blue Collar? Blue Collar is a mindset and attitude, and it's work that you can be proud of. I'm Trevor Powers. I'm Connor Burton. And I'm Josh Sargent. Whether you go to the gym, work at the gym, own the gym, or if you're just a creeper pretending to do curls watching girls on the elliptical, this podcast is for you, even you. All right, everyone. So the first part of this episode is great, but we had a little bit of uh, technical difficulties, and exactly. we are re-recording a little bit of this. So, so, so this you have is to an listen episode. to the entire podcast because it really is great. But there will be some little moments of drag and little moments of what do you say? But just bear with us, please. The, 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 the fuck part was that? where they ask Josh to pull all the stuff out from way down there and pull it up. You can just skip that part if you like. <laughs> I'm gonna reach between my legs and needs a seat back. <laughs> Is that part? There's also a part where Josh tries to filibuster, and uh, yeah, he tries to just you know stall, and it didn't work. We saw right through his plan. He's like, I'm gonna use up all 15 minutes I got. It's like, you, dude, we're right here. <laughs> and to explain what we're doing is, we've gotten some feedback that you guys don't know who we are. So we are actually spending about 15 minutes on each of us, just kind of interviewing each other, saying who we are. So we are going to start with Mr. Connor Burton. Tiny Cavs himself. That me, that nickname I got um, over 10 years ago. I'm 27. And Damn. I got it when I was 17. So, yeah, part of this podcast is, uh, you know, me doing it with my best friends. And I think the big thing I want to share with all of you is that I came from a background like you guys are really confident. Um, I haven't always been confident. Like, mm-hmm. I think for me getting into personal training and bodybuilding, you know, I grew up, you know, without a dad, like my, my real dad, my biological father wasn't really there. So I was literally raised by my brothers, my mom. And uh, just going back, like I've always used weightlifting and strength training, bodybuilding, you know, as a way to gain confidence. Because I remember growing up just not being the most confident, being really just agitated, insecure, a little bit uh, timid. So... You know, I was I, as long as like, as long as like, I can remember as long as I can remember, I always kind of like was that way. And then you know, when I was fourteen, I saw the Arnold you know book, and then I started working out you know according to that. And then um, yeah, I feel like throughout high school, I just really gravitated towards the weight room and was always working out. And right now, I'm kind of nervous because I haven't well, so really told my backstory. You know? Yeah. You're like the smallest guy on this podcast. You're the smallest guy I know. <laughs> you know, why do you are why are you so small when you work out so much and love it so much? Tell us that. <laughs> because I pump iron and uh, I deflate. <laughs> guys, I'm I'm absolutely he's joshing you, joshing you guys. <laughs> Connor, we just took a photo. We we actually recorded a show before this, and uh, you guys can check the Instagram for it. Connor out angled all of us. Um, not he looks just like a, a monster. Not just the angles, but and the I look dude woody, is woody little man. freaking massive. And he was standing next to a pro physique competitor and still just making us look like little kids. So, yeah, go, go ahead, Connor. You're, you're killing the iron game. I, I think one thing about Connor, um, you say insecurity, um, and I think, Josh, you'll agree with this because we've talked about it. Uh, Josh has, or sorry, Connor has an innocence about him, and it's more innocence than insecurity. And I think that's one of the greatest things about you is your innocence. Well, Connor, a lot of times, because he doesn't see bad in people, 
will come across as, um, what's the word here? He... Naive. Yeah. Um, a, a bit naive, but the thing is, like, it's just it's just because he has that innocence, and it's just... He's I genuinely I good-hearted. Yeah, genuinely yeah. Good-heart, good-hearted human being, and it's just, like, that's something that I've, I've noticed in you since day one. Dude, I'm so glad that you found that, that bodybuilding magazine, because you, like, we wouldn't even fucking be here, probably. Right, right. Which is wild. Yeah, wild. I've always I've always wanted to, like, to see, see the best in people and just be able to positively impact people, which is, like, what's most important to me. And a, a huge why for me is, you know, to positively impact people with what I love, which is, you know, training, bodybuilding, all that fitness stuff, you know, mm-hmm. to be able to do that, because I'm great at it. I have a gift for it. And I just, from... As long as I can remember, I, I was always into, you know, reading about bodybuilding, reading about, you know, sports, you know, reading the, um, what was it called? I think it was like a Sports Illustrated. Swimsuit um, Edition. <laughs> swimsuit Edition, yeah. Whatever I remember reading those. In high school. I didn't actually read them. I just, yeah. you know, the pictures and stuff. I was always into sports and bodybuilding, and that was kind of my, my go-to whenever, whenever I was like, you know, feeling down or wanted to just go and do something and kind of just build up my confidence. So again, going back to the confidence thing, I wasn't confident always, or I wasn't always this confident back then. I was like not confident at all. So that was my kind of my, uh, sort of my safety valve to always work out and, you know, do some curls in my bedroom, you know, get pumped up. I'm like, okay, when, feel good. when you, when you found Arnold, that was big. And even now mm-hmm. when anybody mentions Arnold's name, you fucking light up with a smile on your face. I think Arnold might be your dad. I have a lot of kinship with Arnold. I'm like, yeah, he, he's the, you know, he's the go. He's the greatest of all time. And people have com- compared me to Arnold a little bit, but I'm um, a little Lou. I, I saw I'm, Lou. I'm a little more Lou Ferrigno. Yep, I saw that when I when I also, first met you. I was like, that dude thing. looks like Lou. What, what people don't know about me, um, sometimes when I work out, it's hard for me to hear. Actually, when I was growing up, um, I think I was probably four, five, or six. I had a hard time hearing. I had tubes in my ears, and uh, I had to get my tonsils removed. So sometimes I actually grew up um, with a little bit of a mumbling problem. You know, just mumble, you know, mumble over my words. And I kind of still do it, so that's been an issue for me to be able to talk more concise, precise, and pronounce my words. So, and especially with training, you want to, you don't want to say RDL. You know, you want to pronounce the words. Anyways, I'm like Lou Frank now because he was deaf. I grew up a little bit deaf, but I'm obviously not deaf anymore. What? Unless I don't want to be. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, just getting over those hurdles and um, gaining confidence. And then throughout high school, I was playing football. And then in college, I was like, well, I wasn't that good at football. I'm going to get into bodybuilding. And then I met uh, my best friends. I met Josh and then Trevor a couple years later. And then Dave a few years later. And, uh, you know, that's what brought me here. Bodybuilding. I competed in five shows. Um, Same. Right? Well, give me some. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> and the first show was the Vancouver Classic, the Tawdry Johnson Classic, up in uh, Vancouver, Washington. And uh, my three older brothers and my best friend came and watched me. And they're like, we don't know what to do. Like, do we just cheer? Because I was, like, oiled up on stage and posing trunks. Or you can call it a Speedo. Some people call it a Speedo. People still talk about your posing routine from that Um show like i i'll talk to someone and it'll be like you know and i'll mention you know and some they'll you know somehow you'll come up and then they'll be like 
that kid Connor, he he had a really classic flow to his posing, you know. And I've I've you know I can't remember who it was. Like just a year ago, was just talking. They were at that show and they were a judge, and they're just like, yeah, this guy has like a classic posing style because now modern bodybuilding posing is more the hit you have really good conditioning you're really effing jacked and you hit the pose and then you transition and there's no Mm -hmm. flow like because you get technically you get judged in the pose next to the guy who's also in the pose but classic bodybuilding posing has flow and grace and poise and the transition between the poses have a fluidity Mm -hmm. and connor just as in his first posing routine copying I don't know who you did, Arnold or somebody. I copied Arnold's routine from uh, 1980 and 1975 from Pumping Iron. Yeah, which I watched religiously. And everybody <laughs> he at still that watches show it. could tell <laughs> yeah. every day. Mm-hmm. He, he brought the DVD here like three weeks ago. <laughs> Where are we gonna play this? this? Where are we gonna play it <laughs> on the TV? That's not how it works. Okay, okay. So well, Connor, that's your why of why you got into it. So one thing I've seen with you is your the way that you help people when you are training someone I see you go above and beyond uh, with helping them you work on your off time you create programs you take notes you're asking them to send pictures of their meals you're doing all this thing so why are you working so hard for your clients goes back to um, how I got into personal training and how it's it's more intrinsic how I've improved myself with my own habits with training, programming, um, knowing how to eat. I love doing it for myself, so that's kind of my my own intrinsic, but also helping them helps me become a better person and just as a coach, it's satisfying. So that's my personal why, but to see people leave with a smile on their face because I was able to do what I love, gain knowledge and communicate, communicate that to people because why would I just be ripped and you know be, be jacked and not be able to share it with the world. Because it's fun. What? Yeah. Sorry, I'm, just I'm messing. I'm messing. <laughs> it's fun. But also, like, I feel like that's something that I can be, come better. I, I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm good. I want to be, you know, I want to be great in the future. And a lot of people just really need my help. People really, really need, you know, my experience. Because I graduated from Oregon State with a kinesiology degree. I've competed in bodybuilding. And I think it's important to be humble. Um, I'm not going to brag about it, but I want to be able to share that with people because it's changed my life and why can't I change their lives with nutrition, strength training, and do it right and do no harm and see people just get healthy because in these modern times a lot of people are a lot of people need help. You know? That's why we started this podcast. We want to bring knowledge and awareness and information to the masses to try and just just help people live a healthier lifestyle and achieve their goals. And Connor, you're living the lifestyle I say it all the time. I tell my clients, I tell my friends, I tell my acquaintances. Um, training has its ups and downs, but when you're a personal trainer and you love what you do and you're a meathead, you literally get to go to your favorite place, which is the gym. <laughs> it's like playground. And, work. and then your coworkers tend to be some of your favorite people because they're just like you. And Musclehead like, paradise. A bunch of muscleheads. <laughs> and then you get paid money to show people how to do your favorite thing, which is work out. It's pretty great. And then a lot of times, you know, you can get rid of clients that suck, but, <laughs> you know, most vampires. of the time clients are pretty cool, you know, and then unless they're social vampires, you know, mm-hmm. and they suck your energy, fire those clients. And um, 
train people that are positive and you know you learn you'll in this industry you'll learn you have you get a you get a, an education every day because these are successful people that can afford personal training and they have a wealth of knowledge so connor you're you're living the lifestyle man your why is amazing you're an amazing dude i'm not just saying that um keep 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 you know what you're doing you're you're keep it pure keep, mm-hmm. keep yeah. doing what you're doing we're really proud of you very very proud, proud of you too thanks guys <laughs> yeah so dave i believe you're next up sir thought i was last are you, are you last <laughs> uh, <laughs> last but not least <laughs> Dave, I think you're up. I think uh, I, I think I'm that's up. your okay. cue. So, um, Dave, tell us a little bit about yourself. How oh, okay? Talking about what you do is really hard. If if somebody says to Ooh. me, somebody says to me, "What do you do?" I'm like, "Oh, I'm a, I'm a coach." It's easy. I, I can just say I'm a strength coach or a personal, and they like I, they get it. They get into it and I say fitness or strength conditioning, and they leave it at that. Dave, when people ask what you do. How do you answer that in a sentence? Because you do so many things. You know, I, I do do a lot of things. But the funny thing is, Josh, is um, I have realized that what I do is I help people find their life purpose. So, so many people come to this planet and they wander around aimlessly. And then I walk up to them and I touch them on the shoulder. And then all of a sudden they start walking a straight line and they walk their life's purpose. And that's what I do. And the reason that I do it, that uh, reason I do that is that that is always how it ends up. But I have a arsenal of skills that allow me to do that, and uh, I can be a different person with different people in order to help them. I can work with a 20-year-old bodybuilder, a 28-year-old personal trainer, a 45-year-old businessman, a 55-year-old CEO, a 70-year-old grandma. Uh, and I get the same results with working with all of that. So I'm very fortunate. But for me, it's I help people find their life's purpose. How did your life's events lead you to where you are today? You know, and I'm going to preface this with Dave. Honestly, some of the stuff you do kind of freaks me out. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I'm just going to be completely honest. I, it gives me the heebie-jeebies, and I'm like, but I'm like, wow, you're right. Yes. That is true, and okay, all right, I will work on that. So, <laughs> or, yeah. so the premise that meaning I don't touch children. Um, oh, that's not that's what, no it's it, it, it has an uncanny ability. Uncanny ability, yes. Yeah. It's um, it's like he can just know things. Yeah. So I'll just give an example real quick. So so he's he's. Great at reading energy, incredible at reading energy, and and we so he used to come over uh, to our to our place all the time and help us with things with life coaching and whatnot. And one time he was working with me, and usually he didn't have much to say because there's not really much going on in this skull of mine. Um, but there was one time that uh, I was I was going through some tough stuff. And, uh, and he, he recognized that energy and he nailed the, he, he hit the nail right on the head with his observation of that energy. And I was just like, I was blown away. I was blown away by it. And I was just like, it like made me tear up. And I was like, how the hell, like I've known you for, at the time I had known you for like, I don't know, maybe three, four months. And, and I was just like, 
I was awestruck. And that's when I knew, like, okay, like, Dave, you are 100% real deal. Right. You, you, you know exactly what the hell you're talking about. Just Monday. Dude, Monday. Uh, we're give, me and you are fighting over some bullshit. Like, just get, giving each other shit. And I didn't even know why I, was up, why I was pissed off about it, but I was pissed off. And he's like, yeah, because Texas is, uh, is taking, you know, one of his best friends. Uh, I'm like, oh, yeah. That's why I don't like Texas. <laughs> That's why it's a big deal. And I'm like, what? Like, I didn't even know why I was acting that way but then i yeah. was and that's yeah. exactly why you know and it's just kind of it's a gift from god you know it's it's something that's uh uncanny and and real incredible. and inc- an incredible gift that you've been able to utilize with so many people and a lot of times you know i i'm I, we talked about this on the last podcast i'm a i go you know, and I will ram my head against a wall endlessly. And then for some reason, you can be like, dude, there's a stud right there. Go to the left. You know, and then I'll get by it, you know, and I'll go do what I'm, you know. And you can take my, you know, help take my, you know, just whatever drive I have to go, you know, and then just redirect it a little bit. And then I'm just like, oh, yeah, okay, that's, that's what yeah. I'm doing, you know. And that's just me personally, you know, and you, what you've been able to do with me life coaching is just kind of redirect my, and you, you can probably talk about this better than I can, but just kind of redirect. I, I feel like what, what I do is I, I'm just like this energy and I'm just like raw, you know, I want to do stuff. He sees our purpose before we do. Right. <laughs> right. And then you're, you're like, no, you're supposed to be doing it with like this. And I'm like, yeah. Oh yeah, that actually makes sense. Yeah. 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 Dave's been able to, to really put himself into my shoes, you know, when I moved up here, when I moved up, I was, you know, like, he's like, I'm so, like, they told me, like, I'm sensing a, sensing a little bit of a, you know, unworthiness, anxiety, like, is this kind of accurate? I was like, 100% accurate. You hit the, you hit the nail on the head there. <laughs> and, uh, he read me like a freaking book, and I, I'm very grateful for it because it helped me grow and just like, uh, as pure as I am as a person, like, I took all whole stuff in, but, but Dave, like, you're, you're just great at putting yourself in people's shoes and being able to read energy and, that's who, who you are as a person. Going, we said all this, you know, that was our preface. You know, I, I wanted to add our personal experience to that. What, what in your life, you know, you, take, take as much time as you need, honestly. But, you know, you, I know you have an agenda on time and how much you want to spend. But honestly, I want to hear what brought you to where you are today. Because I know that was a long road and it, it wasn't an easy one. No, it was, uh, gosh. Well, first of all, thanks for what you just said. You had me tearing up. Um, I think what it is is uh, I grew up in a very uh, rough situation, you know, when your parents divorced when you're young. And, and then there was a certain time where I just, I was on my own a lot. Um, I hated myself for many, many years. Uh, first, I was overweight. Second, I was gay. So being gay in the 80s, AIDS just hit. You know, everything was just, you know, my own mom and, and would just say they need to line, up, line all the fags up against the wall and shoot them. You, you know, I grew up with that. That was how I grew up. So I grew up being very secretive, being able to lie on a dime if I needed to, to about my feelings, lying to myself especially. 
You know, um, the best thing for me was when I turned 18, I went into the military. Um, and, you know, again, back then they were like, you know, are you gay? And we're like, no, I'm not. You know, and luckily, you know, I, didn't, I told the truth back then because I hadn't been with anybody, so it was. <laughs> but um, it, it was getting in the military and finding out what I was capable of, and, and it was really incredible. Um, getting out of the military, I, I moved back home, and it, it, it sucked. Uh, my fa- I just mean, I couldn't find a purpose at all. Um, and then uh, I always just felt like an outsider because I see emotions like colors. So when, I can tell when someone is, is sad or angry or if they're peaceful uh, just because I can see certain, you know, I just see that around. Them. It's like, like a living mood ring. Yeah, like, yeah, pretty, pretty much. I mean, I, I'm, I'm really good at seeing colors with emotions with people, um, just sparks of energy. So I'm really good at reading energy. And then being raised... Uh, Catholic Church of Christ, being gay, you know, it's like, what the hell, you know, I'm, I'm going to burn in hell, all this kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden I start, there's all this woo-woo stuff, all the stuff that makes Josh go, what the fuck? <laughs> um, you know, because, because I, I, you know, because I, I do have that clear cognizance ability where I just, I don't know why I know things, but I literally, I can be with someone for five minutes and I know things about them. Um, I, I believed in none of this stuff before I met you, by the way. I, <laughs> also, how long did it take me also to even, I, it took me months to admit it was real yeah <laughs> but i would i also knew that what you're saying was true and i needed to work on it yeah. <laughs> so i was like okay all right this is this is good this is good stuff and then i was like okay i i concede it's not it's not bs yeah <clears throat> honestly how good you are at it you could easily be like a psychiatrist <laughs> honestly like you're just you just like you well, read not psychiatrist but therapist yeah yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> wrong word <laughs> anyways <laughs> verbiage anyways that's 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 my point is like you you can you can see things just by by listening you are so good at listening and observing and it's just like you just sit there and like and take in all this energy, take in everything that this person says, and you assess them, and it's like, hey, like, it, as a friend, or as, as the person I am, like, I see this in you, and for me, you've been 100% right every single time. Hence potential in everyone. You're, you're every uh, single and, time. And that, that's why that is the name of my company, is because I, uh, I'm, when I started liking myself, when, when, when I found my husband and my husband started showing me who I really was, you know, he and I have been together 30 years now, but he, he literally made me see that I was stronger than I ever thought I was. And he made me realize that I, it's okay to love myself and love who I am. But when I started realizing that about myself, I started seeing, I, I see everybody's potential. I mean, to, to me, there's no such thing as hierarchy. There's no such thing as, you know, I don't, I don't care if you're, you know, the King of England versus President of the United States versus somebody who was in a trailer park with two kids. You're the same. You're the, you're the same loving, wonderful spirit that came to this planet, and you're here to live your life and be loved and, and to do things to help others. Um, society and, and our own human part of it has kind of fucked all that up to where we create this hierarchy and this, this judgment. Um, I, I don't judge. I'm one of the least judging persons ever. But I can look into someone's heart and their soul after being with them for five minutes and, I, and I, I can tell what their gifts are what their life purpose is but they're not ready to hear it now. so what i do is i just start working with them and then we, we work one little step at a time 
usually it's, um, you, you know, they've, they've been beaten down. And a lot of people, a lot of my clients have been beaten down. And they have no one in their corner. And they're shame. They have so much shame of stuff that they've done. And, and I teach them how to, how to address that. I teach them how to deal with the past so that they can live in the present and have a great future. And uh, a lot of that is some woo-woo stuff. I love crystals. You know, crystals to me are medicine. I didn't believe in crystals until a month ago. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I still believe in them, but I, I like 50% believe in them. <laughs> Even if it's placebo for you, though, I'm happy. Exactly. I, I believe... Okay, I will preface it with, I believe in the placebo effect of crystals. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I cannot get my brain around the rest of it yet. So, <laughs> But for me, crystals, that's what they're, they're medicine. I mean, they're, they're just, they're here on the planet. They have a certain vibration. Energy is vibration. We're all energy. And sometimes when a crystal comes and it aligns to us, it gives us a medicine we need in order to heal us. Um, and, and there's a lot of that. And so I use crystals in my healing. I use tarot cards in my life coaching. I use, I'm a Reiki teacher, so I teach Reiki, which is a spiritual life force. Um, putting that in, I work with archangels. Um, I'm, I do shamanism. I, I do it all. That's why I have 18 different business cards. And you uh, produce this show. And I produce this show. <laughs> uh, and I'm a caregiver. Um, you know, I, I, do, I do a world amount of stuff. But, and I go from 6 a.m. to midnight usually. Um, but I, I literally, I, I love my life. I love who I am now. I make mistakes just like everybody else. But what, what it is, is I pick myself up and I move on and I surround myself with people who don't judge me for my mistakes and they love me no matter what. And when I do fuck up, they're there for me. The three of you have helped me over the last couple of years. Like you wouldn't believe. So as much as I've done for you, please know that you've done for me because it's, it's hard doing what I do and it's hard dealing with so many different personalities. And it's easy for me as an empath uh, to really get caught up in a lot of mm. situations. Mm. So, and it's really... Trainers, the same thing. Yeah, exactly. You guys have to be a different person with each client. Yeah. You know, but you guys help me too because you, you know, you'll refer people to me and then I'll, I'll work with people and, and do things with them. And when I do Reiki on them or when I do some kind of healing on them or some kind of spiritual journey with them, um, it, it, it's incredible. And one thing I like about my clients is a lot of times uh, I just have them for like a month, you know, four or six weeks, four or six sessions is generally what people need me for. Uh, and then they're ready to, to take on what it is that they're challenged. Then they might contact me six months later and say, hey, you know, this worked with my career. Now can we work on my relationship status or can we work on my personal finances? You know, so I, I, I kind of do it all. You know? But it's been... For, for me, literally, it's, it is that potential in everyone. I see so much potential in this world, and I see so much love in this world. And you can turn on the fucking news and, and hear all this hate all you fucking want to, but I know that's not what this world is. It's what's being spewed right now, but it is not what this world is. This world is nothing but love. And I know it's in your heart, and I know it's fucking buried, and sometimes it, the only way to feel good is to be a dick to somebody. And that's what I do is I kind of I kind of make you realize that you don't have to be a dick to, to live in this world and you can be kind. And you should be kind to yourself, especially. I work very hard with teaching people how to love themselves. I think that's probably my number one thing. Because if you don't love yourself, no one's ever going to love you the way that you want to you be loved. Why do you think... Um, why do you think different... Okay, so, what, number one, this is a two-part question. Um... Firstly, who is your typical clientele? And then secondly, why do you think so many personal trainers have had, you've had success with so many trainers? 
Um, my, my typical clientele, I, I like working in the fitness industry because uh, it helps me. This is my selfish part of who I am. I get inspired by being around people who are fit. It helps me to remember to eat better. It helps me to remember to go to the gym. It helps me be in that atmosphere. Um, so I have um, tailored myself to working with veterans, um, disabled veterans, and personal trainers. That, that's been my typical clientele for the last 10 years or so. Um, and and it, it has been amazing. Um, and, and for me, because it, you know, especially with the veterans and, and the personal trainers. But the thing that I like about it is I, I kind of heal the healer is, is the way I see it in my head because you guys work with so many clients. So if I can help you be strong and get better at your craft and become a better, more empathic trainer to where, because you do have to be part psychiatrist too. I, I mean, literally, there are times where you have to just listen to people's problems for 30 minutes. So I teach you guys how to be active listeners. I teach you guys what to say, what not to say. And I know I mean, some trainers that will just fire those people instantly. Yeah. <laughs> And it's also not up to you to fix the problems. It's up to you just to help them be strong. So I believe that no one can, can fix anybody else's problems, but what we can do is I can make that person stronger so they can fix their own problem. And, and that's, what, that's, that's how I make personal trainers succeed. Also, personal trainers, they, they have a craft where they want to help and heal people, but they don't know how to sell. So I, I'll, <laughs> teach them, I'll teach them how to sell. I'll teach them how to be able to do consultations. <laughs> you know, and then they don't know how to market. They don't know how to, you know, and what's funny too is the biggest thing with personal trainers is they're their own worst self-critics. They won't take a shirtless picture because they feel that they have 1% body fat that they shouldn't. And they're worried what other people think. So I teach them to not worry about what other people think, to just be yourself, speak your authentic truth, speak your authentic self. Um, and then it's all going to come and you're going to touch people in a way when they see how real you are. Uh, and that's why it's been good for me for the fitness industry because if I can help the three of you and make you guys um, stronger, then you're going to go out and help people. So it's paying it forward. And then the people that you help are going to go out and help people. So for me, it's a butterfly effect. You know? mm -hmm. So I, I help the three of you. You guys help 30 people each. Those 30 people go out and help. help you know? And so for me, that's how, I'm, that's how my movement's going. The arching effect of of what you're doing is is incredible yeah. i think yeah. the power of having someone like you on a podcast that is you know tailored to help um not only the general fitness and strength conditioning population but also the personal training population is um you have been able to help personal trainers in ways that school can't i think the problem with academia right now is they're creating excellent kinesiologists and you know connor and i are prime examples of that we came out of you know kinesiology programs we understand and having physiology we understood programming we understood you know all these we had the certifications we had the degrees we had the credentials we even had the people skills most for the most part what we didn't have was an LLC. We didn't have marketing. We didn't know how to sell, right? We didn't have any of this. In, I think what I would love to do, um, especially having you on the podcast, is basically we, we, I want to create a podcast specifically for personal trainers on how to get started because I think a lot of kids don't even know. Oh, that's a great. We idea. have that is we great have idea. a bunch of 
A plus student kinesiologist working at Starbucks. Mm -hmm. And that is the, that is the truth. Yeah. They don't understand their value. I mean, and the hard part with the personal trainers when they first start out, they're, they're selling packages for like 15 bucks a session. Oh, they're, they're a 24 hour fitness. Yeah. Or making nothing. And and they don't understand their value. So I teach them what their value is. And and that's the big thing. When you guys realize your value, when you guys realize of how incredible the three of you are compared to other personal, and I know a lot of personal trainers, trust me. You three are top tier. Another thing is is patience. Uh, you got to teach a lot of these these trainers patience because they they get started and maybe it doesn't pay off in the first month, the first sec, the second month, the third month, whatever. The you, first year is always rough. It's, it's rough. It is rough. Yep. But the thing is, I mean, look at look at Josh's position. Josh is in a great position. He's got he's got clients that he actually has to turn away. Yeah. Because, because he's so busy, yeah. and he's got a waiting list. Yeah, when you, have, when you have a waiting list, you know you made it. Yep, yep. <laughs> you are uh, Q number forty-seven. Uh, <laughs> yep, get get back there. Order up, order up. <laughs> hey, no cutting, no cutting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my patience. Serving personal trainers for me, I, I just I like it because I know it's going to help others. And, and a lot, and I, I work with a lot of spiritual healers too. I do the same thing for them. Like I work with other Reiki people. I work with other. I, I work with people that want to help people, but they don't understand how to turn that into a monetizing business. So I help them monetize their passions, so they can live their life and be good at what they're here for their life's purpose. So to your original question, I teach people what their life purpose is, why they're here on this planet, and how to serve others. Because you cannot have a life purpose. If it does not serve others. And, and that's your why. That, that, that's totally yeah, why that's right your there. why right there. You know, that, that is it. You know, and it, it, it really is amazing because when I, when I do that, when, for me, I get these voicemails like two or three years after the fact, right? I get an a, a email of, Dave, because of you, I'm married. I have two kids. Or a podcast where we just can <laughs> nothing but good about you. Yeah, that's I mean, what we think of you. It, it, when yeah. I get that kind of messages, it just it lights me up. It gives me strength to just keep pushing it. Um, and uh, but I'm I am very proud to be a part of this with you three. So thank you. You're not only my clients, but you're my best friends. We appreciate you, Dave. Very you, much. You very are much. invaluable to this uh, this world, and you're invaluable to the, the three of us. So yeah, we appreciate you. Yeah, I, I can definitely say without you, I wouldn't be where I am right now with my life because you've hit the nail on the head so many fucking times. <laughs> my, my favorite times, I think I knew you like, three, so like well. three weeks when you were sitting on the couch and somebody, I think Nolan was saying about what your biggest fear in life is. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, I was like, oh, I knew Trevor's biggest fear. And he's like, you know. And I was like, like the fuck you do? We've seen each other maybe three times. Yeah. And then uh, I, I said, well, yeah, your, your biggest fear in life is that um, you can't save somebody. If somebody yeah. You can't protect somebody. I'm a, I'm a very big protector. Yeah. And every time he mentions this story, it's just like, <laughs> just like I, I get tears in my eyes. I'm it, like, it God, does. that's so that's so incredible that he 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 nailed it. Yeah. And, he, and it. he just he looked at me and he's like silent and he didn't say anything. And other people were in the room. And so once everybody left, and, and then I'm working on it with Reiki afterwards on the table, we start talking about it. What a beautiful segue. Yeah, yeah. it was awesome. Oh, and to me? And yeah. to so, Trevor you, Power. You are, you, are, you, are, you are the protector, man. Like, yeah. I mean, the protector. literally, 2 a.m. if I'm in trouble, and if I'm trying to help somebody, and I know I'm in trouble, I know I could call you. you yeah, I've, I've had many people call me at 2 a.m., 1 a.m., whatever, yeah. and... Uh, and need need someone to talk to, or there's a or reason why they did issue. that. And they yeah. didn't call somebody else. Yeah. yeah.
Yeah. yeah well, I, I tell everyone, I tell everyone, like, hey, if you need anything, yep. call me. I don't give a fuck what time it is. I have my ringer on for a reason. <laughs> Not right now. Because, but anyways, <laughs> I have my ringer on for a reason. You check mine. Make sure it's yeah. off. And, uh, <laughs> and it's just like, I don't want to be in a position to where I can't help someone or someone tries to reach out to me mm-hmm. and and I wasn't able to to do anything for them like what if if one of you was in a situation and and I couldn't I couldn't come when you guys called dude I would I, I don't know if I could forgive myself yeah. well, honestly. There's been a couple times where I called you and I said I need you I remember one time he stuck outside the road and I remember one time just emotionally and both times you dropped everything and came right to my side so but that's who you are you you literally are someone that serves people, you want to help people, but you are a shield. Whenever I see you, I see a shield because that is exactly who you are, is that Damn no one it. can get past you. I didn't know this podcast was going to be so emotional today. <laughs> I want to prepare better Too for this. Feels. Yeah, feels. I'm, I feel things today. I <laughs> personally hate feelings, so. You guys ever <laughs> seen that Bill Burr? Come, uh, special on Netflix where he's like, you know what the essence of being a guy is that women don't understand? You just take all of your feelings and you just bury it down deep, a little bit deeper. <laughs> and then women get around and wine night and just for fun bring that shit up. I don't understand. It's <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly uh, how funny. I feel. I, I get you, Bill Burr. I get you. <laughs> yeah, and that that kind of is a good segue into my why. Um, like I got into personal training because like I wanted to, to help people. I wanted to, in a way, protect people because there are people that are incapable of protecting themselves. And, and it, it may be because they're like, like helping someone work out and, and like build, build muscle and like it builds so much self-confidence and, and it can change someone's life. Like if, if they're going through something very difficult with, with a significant other or just someone in their life that they just can't deal with that having that confidence to just like walk away, like maybe I can help someone. And another thing that I, that I would love to do in the future, because I I don't know, I don't know if a military career is in my future or not because my, my bum ass ankle, but, um, maybe helping to train I, I asked uh, I asked uh, Shiver about this. Yeah, I do it, man. And uh, I was dude. like, I was like, hey, man, like, like military, and military would be a great a great transition or a great another another business. And if he doesn't do it, I'm gonna I'm gonna do that that shit because yeah. it would be helping create more protectors, more yep. more people like me. And and Dave and I, you, 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 we've talked about this about me potentially becoming a life coach in the future as well. And I, I almost think that would be a great thing because I, I, I think I'm a very good listener, but I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Well, the, the reason I think you'd be a good life coach is you believe like I do, like we're not there to help people. Like when you go to protect somebody, it's always, yeah, I'm going to protect you, but I'm going to help you stand strong, mm. you know? And that's, that's what coaching is. Coaching is not coming and solving somebody's problems. Coaching is coming in and teaching someone to be strong to solve their own problems. Yeah, it's like it's like the difference between a leader and a boss. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what that's you have those skills. Many, many times I've seen you with those skills. Man, I appreciate that a lot. Yeah. You got a lot of potential, Trev. Thanks, man. The world is your oyster. 
Oistia. Oistia. And you found the perfect person to share. Oh! Ah, let's go! You didn't, it's not a. It's not what's found in an oyster. It's not a pearl. It is a. Damn it! Let's go. Yeah, she, wow. You so, proposed last week, Yep, right? I am engaged. Yay! I am engaged and off the market. Sorry, ladies. Yeah, this <laughs> this woman is incredible. She is she is everything to me, honestly. I I can spend literally twenty four seven with her, and I have, and we never butt heads. We communicate so well. We we talk about literally everything. And like no, nothing's off the table, um, and I, dude, I, I, I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed to have have Yana in my life. One, one thing about the two of you is uh, that I've noticed is that both of you care so much about supporting the other person to be successful. Yeah. And there's absolutely no jealousy. There's there's no rivalry. Nothing. It's what can I do to make you successful? I don't know, honey. What can I do to make you successful? Yeah. You're kind of yeah. sickening that way. I love it. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> fuck. But, but the it, aliens it, and stuff. It really is. I mean, both of you just when when you both are together on 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 camera on on videos that I've seen, it's like so sickening that you know it, it's so great, and it's it's incredible, and I absolutely love it because. Can we just talk about the super athletes in the future? And oh my playing? god, we're gonna create some, some <laughs> monsters. We're talking about that today. <laughs> we're driving back from the gym. So we have a strength and conditioning coach, father, and a who. You know, you were a D1 college wrestler and then became a pro cheerleader because you, whatever. I wouldn't say I was a D1. I, I tried and then I was just like, I, I can't do this. I, okay, yeah. good enough. So I, I, I tried to wrestle in college. Totally and it just, yeah, it just didn't work out. Uh, you, so. you got some freaky genetics. I'll put I, it to you I that do. way. I, so, funny, funny about the, the whole wrestling thing. So, I, I started wrestling when I was like seven years old. And, uh, and ever since I was seven years old, people have been asking my dad, what are you feeding that kid? <laughs> and my dad's like, uh, he eats everything. He just eats everything. And, and when I got into high school, I was wrestling. I mean, I was, I'm, I'm five, eight guys. Okay. I, I was, five, six shut up, six. shut the hell up. <laughs> anyway, so I'm five, eight. And I was wrestling in like Air Force in one, 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 172 weight class and 160 weight class. And all these dudes are towering over me. But the thing is, a lot of these kids like were my friends. And as soon as I would grab onto them, they'd be like, oh, like this shit's over. Yeah. So dudes density. All right. So dudes hands over here. So I'm, I got a, I'm a couple inches taller than him. What? What we got here? They are about to touch palms right now. Three, two, one. Oh, they're touching palms. Okay. <laughs> dude's dude's got hands of a dude who's like six three. Yep. And <laughs> actually, uh, Melvin. Melvin is six five, and we have similar hand sizes. Right, right. And uh, I just remember realizing how much of a freak you were when it was that first summer um, after we joined the cheer team when we were doing Mike Johnson's class um, for strength and conditioning to get us into shape and. Dude, all you know, we have these all you know, there's a bunch of athletes in there, mm -hmm. and I was, you know, I think I was actually getting ready for my last physique show all at the same time. It was a terrible idea, and I somehow did it. Um, but we were all jumping up on the plyo boxes and doing Olympic lifting. I think Tuesday was cleans, and 
squats and bench and then thursday was you know snatch and deadlift and you know whatever overhead press something like that and um you didn't even go to the first box you go all the way to the 50 incher and without even hiking up your knees just boing I'm like what what is this who is yeah, this i got springs who is this i got some springs yeah and then i remember we would go to these uh we'd go to these stun arounds so basically what these stun arounds are is it's a bunch of high school girls who oregon state is assessing to see if they're recruiting high school girls but like nine out of ten of them should not be there like it's it's okay so in cheer you have to be a certain you you have to be a certain body, body type. type and it's it's not it's not anything against like people but the thing is the average body type doesn't make it in cheer because right you have to be a freaky small yeah. woman and it's it's because of the base majority of the time the base it, it's it's dangerous it's just dangerous it's going to hurt the base yeah exactly and i remember there would be these girls you know we have jerry and jerry's a freak and Jerry was the only guy, for the most part, who would throw these girls, and they'd be like, "Ooh, Jerry!" You know, <laughs> just like boom, you know. <laughs> and uh, you know, and they—he just took—he reveled in the fact that he could just launch a, a regular-sized woman into the air, and it was—it was impressive. I, for one, am not that explosive. Never have been. Never will be. Um, I am not that explosive. I do not have that explosive strength. But I remember Trevor's never done this really before. Mm-hmm. And we were both like, I'm a freshman, you're a sophomore at Oregon State. And, uh, you know, you've been, we've been doing this, but how long have we been doing that? I, I think it I was did, months. It was months. before, it wasn't even a year. At that it wasn't point. even, we have been doing it a couple months, but we were both somewhat athletic and pick it up quick. And uh, we just walk into the stunt clinic and Jerry's like <laughs> throwing these girls. And I tried it and I'm like, Sorry, my I, I I would lie to them. I would say, "Oh, my back hurts." Yeah, and I, you know, and I'm just about to. That's it would if I tried to throw you. <laughs> and all of a sudden, <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> and and like I just Ooh. see, and I see now. Trevor and Jerry have very different techniques. Trevor, Jerry would just manhandle these women. Jerry's six six two or six. How how tall is Jerry's Jerry? only six one, but he's he's, he's two fifty. Okay, he's six one two fifty. He's a big boy, and uh, but he he was also what do you do at Worlds? He's he was very good. He was very, he's been cheering forever. Yeah, since he was like fourteen. Yeah, and he he's gone yeah. to Worlds several times yeah. and and partner. He's done very well before he ever got to college. And uh, big dude, but Trev could take his legs and launch these women just as high as Jerry. And I'm just like, all right, all right. And I'm seeing all the other guys that have been doing this for four, five, six years, pissed. and they're not even—they're pissed. They can't even—they can't even—they can't even budge these girls. Okay, when I say budge, like, if I really tried, I could get the girl the hands, like I could like throw her and catch her at my Shoulder, shoulders. Yeah. Do, Jerry and Trevor are just boosting these girls way up over their arm length overhead, and I'm just like, all right, we got a freak on our hands, you know? Yeah. So. All that to be said, Trev, you and your girl, your girls, I've, I've seen her walk on her hands, do handstand push-ups, very- all-out gymnast slash cheerleader. I hope you guys create some super children someday. <laughs> it's and then you, you get them into, like, gymnastics and dance and martial arts and track. 
you get a you get a kid with decent genetics in all four of those sports, and then let them choose whatever they're into, dude. Everything in basketball. <laughs> I'm the only one in my family that didn't get the high lottery. Dude, my sisters are the same height as me. Watch my 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 little brother. I'm just like. Well, <laughs> whatever. Okay. I, at least I'm white, dude. Yana's like five foot nothing. So yeah, but her family's tall too. But it's just not. In okay, women. maybe it's maybe not in the women. Maybe your son will be six foot. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> maybe we'll he'll see. be six we'll three. See. Steve Nash. We'll see in like a year. You just want kidding. a lot? You want a lot of kids, don't you? Um, I would say we were just talking about this yesterday too. Um, three, and then maybe adopting. Uh, adopting. Somewhere in somewhere in there, um, somebody tall, hopefully. Yeah. Well, the thing that this is this is <laughs> on the top shelf. Yeah. Anyways, uh, hey, can you get the pickles off the top shelf there, son? Why did Why did we get vaulted ceilings? We're under six foot. Trev's like, screw you guys. I can just stunt yawn up there. Okay. <laughs> Wait. You know what? Um, five foot plus five foot is ten foot. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so we're we're talking about adopting the other day. We uh, we went to Winco. This is the protector in me, and uh, and there were these I don't whatever you call them transients, homeless people, whatever crackheads. I I don't know <laughs> uh, these people. I don't know their stories, so I, it's it's hard to say. But it's just like there is a a family outside of Winco, and it's like almost midnight. And I hear the sound of a little kid's voice saying, like, some, something, something, daddy. And I just, like, turn and look. And there's this, this family just chilling outside of Winco, just sitting there. And, I mean, they're all in tattered clothing. And it's just, like, I was, I, I was torn. I was torn apart by that. Like, I, I literally was awestruck and just, like, stared and I know you shouldn't do that, but I couldn't, like, get myself self out of it until Jan was like, what's, what's wrong? And I was like, I, like, I feel like I need to do something, but the thing is, I don't know what to do. Like, I want, I want to help. And then, and then that's what, what got us into the conversation of, like, CPS and, like, all this stuff and, like, child protect, like, so CPS, child protective services and, and foster care system and whatnot and, like, and I was just experience. like, I was like, you know, I, I wouldn't be opposed. I, I've, I've thought about it in the past, but this is something that, that really like stirred it up in me. I was like, I, I want to adopt in the future. I want to, to help somebody yeah, I want to help. Yeah. I want to help someone who and, needs me. And, and that goes a lot with your, yours and her personality. One thing you told me the other night that I thought was great was that each of you can tell when each other's like, oh yeah. Yep, and and you always know that. Yes, you know, and I think she likes to help just as much as you do, and, and probably even more so. Yeah, so that's why you guys are this big power couple. Yeah, but what is it like? To powers, have powers couple. Yeah, <laughs> powers. Relationship oh, goals. What what it what is it that uh, what it what is the secret to that? Like, she showed up out of nowhere. Yeah, she did. You, you know. So, so and I think that's what it was, is you weren't desperate. You weren't I wasn't, I wasn't you, looking. Um, I, was at, I, I was at a point where it was just like, yeah, I mean, I was torn up from like right. stuff in the past. And I was and, just and like, you, you know I, what? You and I were working together. Yep. And, and, and I remember when you met her, you were telling me about her. 
Yeah, I was like, I don't need anybody. And then, <laughs> and then I met her, and I was like, oh fuck, I think I need her. Yeah, it, and it, it was yeah because if you remember our second time we talked about it, I, I even said you're going to marry her. And you're yeah, like, you, Dave, shut up. You yeah, know? yeah, I remember that. I remember that conversation. <laughs> yeah, I do, I do, and that was because I remember like again seeing your energy. How I talk about her. The way that you talk about yeah. her and you light up. Um, that is when you know. That, that, that's what yeah, I, I don't think that there's any secret. I think that, I mean, I'm, I'm a firm believer in God, and I think God has his timing for everyone. And, uh, and it, was just, it was just my time. I was, I was in a dark spot. I was, I was not very positive. I was drinking a lot and partying with friends. And then, and then I, saw, I saw something in her that made me want to be a better person. There you go. See, that's the secret. Yeah. I saw something in her and I was just like, I was like, like me being around her makes me want to change myself for the better. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, okay, well, looks like I'm going to, looks like I'm going to date this girl and probably marry her. (laughs) And I, I swear to God, like I, it was a month into it and, and, uh, that's, that's when I said, I love you. I was like, I was like, I I know I love you because I've never spent this one, one month in. It was one one month in. Wow. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people say that there's. Yeah, a lot of a lot of people say that there's like oh like don't do it like so soon blah blah blah. But the thing is like I I never had conversations with people like I had with her. Mm-hmm. I never I never had anything that was like she never judged me. I told her everything. She never judged me. Like I told her about. I mean, I've I've gotten. I've gotten in trouble with police and, and shit, and like I've 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 had things like shitty things happen in my life, and and she never like she never faltered from loving me. Yeah. From and I was just like, okay, fuck, man. Like I don't know, like I I don't know what to do with this. And I was like, I, I fucking love you. Like, yeah. I love I love you so much. And, and I remember in parts of this too, and, and your, as your relationship is blossoming, you know, you were you were thinking about joining. Military, yeah, moving away. Yeah. What would that mean for your relationship? Going the buds, man. Yeah. I was the, the, the whole time. I was, was she, she was one hundred percent supportive. She was yeah, never my ankle. Other yeah, stuff. I mean, the whole the entire time she was supportive, no matter what was going on, she never faltered. I'm so blessed. Maybe, uh, maybe she God had a plan with a shattered ankle. Who knows? I almost think he did. I honestly think he did. I, I talk to my stepdad about it all the time because he's ex-military. And he's just like, he's like, do you think you could still do it? I was like, I probably could, but I don't, I don't know if I'm at that place anymore. Because like, I found, I feel like I did find my purpose. Yeah. And I thought that going into the military was my purpose because I could protect so many people. But, but now, like with talking with her and like, and like starting YouTube channels and shit and like, and like doing, what's the name of your house of, house of beef, house House of of beef, go, yeah, and subscribe. Like it's actually <laughs> it is a YouTube channel. Yeah, it is a YouTube channel. House of Beef. Anyways, moving right along, um, doing all this shit with her, and like seeing how much we could potentially help people. I was like, okay, like this is. I think this is my purpose. Like I think we, I think we can do this. And I mean, I still have thoughts every now and again, now and again about military and. And potentially other other things that help protect people, but it's just like I don't know if I I don't know if I want to do that anymore. You know, you need to look up, and I, I don't want to hijack the conversation. Mm. Matt winning, Matt winning, 
yeah, he he's a uh, former West Side powerlifter mm-hmm. who's made a career out of training tactical athletes. Yeah, I actually I'm not opposed to that at all. I, I talk to my stepdad about that all the time because he's a uh, he's ex ex special forces, uh, so he was in the army, and uh, and he was also uh, a contractor, so he'd go over to Afghanistan even after he he retired and go to like Columbia and stuff like that, and uh, and. There's a demand for it. There really is. There really is a demand for it. So it's just like, I mean, if we if we can help those people help people, then I mean, I, I feel like that's I feel like that might be my calling. I don't know. I've been feeling um, that there's a huge void in the industry right now, and what we've been serving is the boomer population in the mm-hmm. fitness industry. Mobility. The boomers and... didn't do anything in their youth in terms of fitness. I mean, there was bodybuilders, but they were looked at as the weird ones. And you know who idolized the bodybuilders was the 90s and the 80s kids. Yeah. The 90s and the 80s kids are beat up. Their bodies are beat up. They played football. They tried to lift like Dorian Yates and Ronnie Coleman. Mm-hmm. And their bodies are getting destroyed. And I think in the next 10 years, the industry is going to need programming and training and leadership for bodies that are not optimal. Bodies that have been destroyed by... Right, right. And the, the 80s children are going to be hitting where the boomers are at right now in about 10 years. And, I, and this is not what the podcast is about, but what I think what blue collar fitness can do and, you know, and whatever, and any, any trainer listening to this research, um, orthopedic injuries, research, um, rehabilitation research, what you can do, once the physical therapist has got them walking, to take them from walking to the field. Take them from walking just barely to being able to go to the gym and enjoy working out again. I think that's, you know, and that's something Chris and I were talking about. And, you know, Chris owns the studio that we're in now, and he has graciously let us use this, this facility. And, um, you know, and Chris is an 80s baby. Wasn't, it was born in 79. Whatever. 79. Yeah, so he, he's an 80s baby. And he's beat up, man. And guess what? All his buddies are beat up. Because yeah. you know who they lifted like? Ronnie, not Ronnie, lifted like Dorian Yates. What, what, how does Dorian Yates feel right now? Beat up. <laughs> messed up joints. Messed up back. <laughs> right, so if, if, if this is my advice for trainers right now, learn how to let washed up meatheads lift again. Teach them how to lift again pain-free. And this is what I've been doing with my training business. You'll never hurt for clients again. Because once you let a washed head meathead push himself again, he's never going to leave you. He's not. This is a, a nice segue into Joshua. Yep. Because this is pretty much what Josh is about. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> big words, big words. I'm just there kidding. There's sometimes Josh talks, and I'm just like, i got to get my phone out to look up words. <laughs> Um, you know, and, and, and I remember when, he's, when I first started working out with him, he's talking about the muscle first, and I'm like, what? He's like, your arm. I'm like, okay, cool. Um, 
So it's just different things like that. But Josh, when he trains, one thing that you can know about him is he knows all of the information. He's processed it. He's an avid, avid learner. So the man works day and night, not just for himself. He works to learn so that he can help other people. And what he just talked about with trying to develop his business and, and help the 80s babies learn to re, you know, to come back to be with the gym. Um, he believes that. And the reason that he, he believes it is that he knows that, uh, like we were talking about Chris here, Chris is really, um, Chris doesn't want to be athletic, but what Chris wants is to be able to raise his children. So what Josh does is he helps people be able to spend time with their children, be able to spend time with their family so that they can live a very active life and so they're not so beautiful. And that's one of Josh's biggest gifts. Yeah, I, I really love everything fitness, bodybuilding, strength and conditioning, powerlifting, sports performance. It fascinates me. And I've been obsessed with it for as long as I can remember, actually. Um, my parents thought it was weird. I would, as soon as we had access to the internet, all I did was read bodybuilding.com and every other fitness form. Um, <laughs> they were like, are you okay? Like I, like on my 14, I was like every project I did when I was a teenager was on strength training <laughs> for school. I would find a way in math class to make it about like working out and, um, you know, and you know, this kind of segues into blue collar fitness. You know, I growing up, I I work really hard, and I, I feel like my my mantra has been push. And if it doesn't work, push harder. You know, and it it eventually, you know, if you push hard enough, if something doesn't break, you'll eventually get there. And uh, you know, and I feel like that. I came up with blue collar fitness because I want to provide um, relevant information for people like me, and I, I, you know, like people that just want to know more and maybe don't have access to, you know, the information. And also, I want to give blue collar fitness professionals a platform because I feel like there's so much information out there. You know, perfect example, Mike Johnson, you know, or your mentor, Kyle, you know, if not for this podcast, nobody would have heard them. The best coaches now. Okay. There's people like Dan John and, you know, Eric Cressy and, you know, Brad Schoenfield and these people are producing content and they're fantastic coaches and I'm taking nothing away from them because I love their content. They're mainstream. I want to take the coaches that are the everyday blue collar people that are getting results with real people and take their knowledge and bring it to the masses. And whether it's a strength and conditioning coach or a physical therapist or a life coach or a registered dietitian or, you know, a, a, a psychologist, a, a sports psychologist, you know, we, we can branch out, you know, I, I'm, I don't want to limit what blue collar fitness is because it's, it is fitness, but it's lifestyle, it's business, it's, 
it's everything that we can do to to bring information that is relevant to our listeners that's going to help improve their life and just just help them become better people and, and just add value and i think that's what we want to do with blue collar fitness we, we want to bring you um products in the form of programs are going to help you reach your goals my next big push i'm starting grad school here in a month my big my main focus with uh pursuing higher education for uh in in sports performance and strength conditioning is to be able to take these concepts that are say um uh, when you when you look at a study, how do you apply it? Right. Yeah. Um, I want to be able to take these concepts that are you know, it, you know, being you know, these studies that are being done by Brad Schoenfeld and you know other you know other people that are that are working in exercise science, and just make them relevant for and put it in everyday simple simple terms. That's why I'm going to grad school now. Also. What I want to be able to do is create some programs. Um, that's not like the next program I'm going to create. My goal is by the end of 2020, over over winter break, I want to build you guys a program for our listeners, for uh, uh, you know, for the people that are maybe a little beat up, um, people that have been through some shit. Maybe their body isn't. It's not a you know. Uh, they're not trying to become a pro bodybuilder. They're not a D1 athlete anymore. Maybe they never were. Maybe they were. But they still like to push themselves. They still like to see results. They still like to work hard. And they like to get after it in the gym. And that's, that's my favorite client. Is that guy who really likes to push himself. But he's a little bit beat up. And guess what? To be able to push yourself when you're beat up is, is a very tight rope to walk. And I feel like this program that we're going to bring to you guys is is going to be very comprehensive. It's going to have a lot of progressions and regressions in it. Depending on what joint is messed up, whether it's your ankle, it's your hip, it's your back, it's your shoulder, there's going to have to be a lot of variation, right? You're not going to be, you probably, you know, personally right now, I'm not doing a lot of work with a barbell. You know, seven months post-op, eight months post-op. I'm not doing barbell back squats. Will I do them in the future? Lord willing, please God, yes. I, I really do want to do those again. Every day, probably about 12 times a day, I think, man, I can't wait to do a max effort squat again. It's just something in my being that I want to do. But I'm not there yet. Will I be there? Yes. But um, this program, I want to bring you guys um, basically ways you can push yourself safely. Um, and then give you the background, give you the knowledge, give you the, basically, it's, it's not just going to be a cookie cutter, okay, here's three sets of ten, all the exercises. No, it's, it's going to be a document. You're going to have to read it. <laughs> It'll have some videos in there, some links that explain everything, right? Um, it's going to have some explanation and, and give you guys some background on, you know, how you can um, hopefully reach your goals in a way and still push yourself. So why do you... Um... Why, why do you push yourself like this? Why, why are you pushing yourself so hard like this? You mentioned earlier you don't like emotions. 
Uh, so when it when it comes down to things, he, he didn't want to get to the part about him. I know. I he was, was, he was avoiding it at all. He was filibustering. I know. He, he was, was filibustering. I was definitely doing that. I'm a really good editor. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was trying to take up as much time talking about this program <laughs> yeah, as possible. Yeah, I realized it. I was like, nope. he's stalling. Yeah, he's, he's stalling. But it, good information. But he's but, stalling. Yeah, this is about <laughs> you. So where'd you grow up? Uh, Tangent, Oregon. Okay, how many brothers and sisters you have? Oh, God. Um, well, I, I grew up, uh, my parents do foster care. I have uh, three biological siblings, uh, two brothers and a sister. She's a tough lady, my sister. She uh, put up with all three of us. Hey, holes. <laughs> <laughs> my my parents have had over, I believe, 250 kids come through the home. Um, that is amazing. They've That's adopted. their why. Right, there. Right, right, there, yeah. right. They they saw a need and they stepped up. Um, my dad worked in um, with addicts, and he saw how many of them were not great parents. And my mom, as well, was in the church and seeing these people come through and then losing their kids that they're buried about Christians. Um, you know, I basically, my dad has more brothers and sisters than anyone, you know, and pretty much every single one is a pastor. I don't know how my dad's not a pastor, but he's still, he's a, he's a minister. He's still, and you're, you're still very close to your family. Yeah. Yeah. Still very close to my family. I love my family. Yeah. And, we, and we've seen that. And, and the thing about Josh is, um, Josh is a, a what you said about Jan earlier, uh-huh. that's how I feel about Josh. Yeah. Like being around Josh makes you want to be a better person. You don't know why. You don't know exactly what the fuck is going on. But just being around him makes you want to be a better friend. Makes you want to be a better man. Makes you want to be a better, you know, everything. And more, that, more jacked, more tan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, jacked and tan, baby. Yeah, mostly but, but 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 he doesn't put in the goal size the He doesn't judge judge us. He doesn't do any of this stuff. He doesn't tell us to be better. It's just literally watching him emulate his life, watching him go through the daily paces of everything that he goes through, watching how he can have so much pain going on in his body, yet he still walks around with a smile on his face. It, it literally he's inspiring. He's one of the most inspiring men I've ever met. And I think that the four of us have gotten so close. He introduced me to the two of you. Mm-hmm. Like, I would not have you in my life if it wasn't for him. Yeah. You, you know, and it goes the same way. I wouldn't be in your life if it wasn't for him. So he, he literally, this whole podcast, everything, he started this on his own a year and a half ago, probably. He bought the equipment, got the logo, got everything going, realized how fucking hard this shit is, and stopped <laughs> after two episodes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and literally, well, my my co-host bailed on me actually, yeah. so that's why. Yeah, my co-host was, realized how hard it was to move to Boston. Yeah. <laughs> it was awful. It was awful. So, but then when we got together, the four of us, we have been through so many technical learning curves getting this podcast. I think we're now on our ninth or tenth podcast. I don't know what number, but we wouldn't be here for one for Josh. Josh, I mean, he's our unofficial leader. Uh, but literally, he comes up with these ideas, and he comes up with with everything for us to do. Um, and I want to thank you for making me a better life coach, making me a better man, making me a better friend, because that's what you do for me. And, and I see it with your friend base. You have friends 
who would walk through hell for you. And, and that, that is not, that is a natural gift. And, and you are literally amazing. I don't know what to say, guys. He's, he's crying. Yeah, he's I, crying. I, 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 I'm, I'm going to go crying right now. I can help you, Josh, because you've helped me, like, become the best version of myself. I mean, hey, I, I wouldn't be pursuing my bodybuilding of pro guard if it wasn't for you just sneaking those hits away. Your car, you have so much potential. I'm like, well, like, you have so much genetic potential. You, you, you can do this. You're, you know, you're really smart. You get back in the body, but I can see you in your pro card. I'm like, now I'm like finally realizing it. And then they helped me, out, helped me out with the programs and everything. So it's like, you've been like there for me. As a, as a friend and mentor. And a leader. Yeah, I'm like in, a big, big brother. I'm in a very similar boat to, well, obviously. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is who you are. You, you, you attract people like us. And uh, I remember we used to... We used to trade off buying each other Chipotle and stuff. We used to... Dude, like, we had, like, no money in college. Yeah, so <laughs> it's, it's either... And he wouldn't, or he would have money, and I wouldn't, and we'd just, like, trade off back and forth. Dude, and- that term, I lived off of. So my parents bought me a 120-scoop bag of protein. I remember that. And I would go to the store, and I would buy plain white bread, which I could get for, like, 80 cents for a loaf. I'm pretty sure that's why I'm glutarded. No. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. And then, and dude, and there was always free beer everywhere. 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 So, <laughs> yeah, I was starving, oh, dude. I was, I was, so I would eat peanut butter. I would get sugar-free jam. At least I was smart enough to do that. So I had, I get the biggest. Yeah, at least you don't have diabetes. <laughs> right. The biggest, cheapest thing of peanut butter as well as the, and then I would get whole milk. So I basically every four days would go through a loaf of bread and a whole thing of peanut butter. It's like these things are like mostly peanut butter and a little bit. Of, it was basically peanut butter with bread on either side. Yeah. This was before <laughs> you really started doing a lot of uh, um, like photo shoots and those those types of gigs. Well, I, I was doing. I, I know you're I know you're doing those like in intermits, like it, just like every every once in a while you're doing those. But I remember. Like, those really started taking off, like, a little bit later, like, when we were doing cheer stuff, um, the sec, like, near the second, into the second year. Um, that was yeah. when modeling. Yeah, modeling. Mo- yeah, photo yeah, shoots and whatnot. Ladies, yeah. he's single, and he was a model. Yeah. I don't He's know. a model. I was never really, like, I never, I never did, like, legit, like, East Coast runway. No. But we did what was called print modeling yeah. or, like, um, fit modeling. So in fit modeling, you go to Nike or you go to Adidas and either you walk the runway in front of the client or you stand there while they tailor it to you. Um, So I did a lot of that. I had to stay lean for that. I think I did that like 2012 to like 2017. And it was all right. Like, because it's dope. It was worth the drive. And I got to meet like a ton of really cool people in this it was, industry. It was a great industry. Yeah. Like I met so many personal trainers. The whole reason I became a personal trainer was uh, you know, a, a guy who used to own the gym that was here. I really looked up to him. Like that's how I met him was through um doing the modeling and everything. Um he was a huge help in my life and you know, kind of like a like a role model for me when I was a kid. When I was a kid, dude. I was like 19. I I was like, dude, this guy's making like 100 grand a year. 
doing Nike modeling and personal training. Let me just get my degree and then I'm going to go do that. <laughs> and, you know, and that's, I got distracted by cheerleading, but basically <laughs> it was a good time. It was a good time. <laughs> yeah, it was. We had so. <laughs> and now we have to put you back together. Right now, <laughs> I'm a little bit beat up, you know. Um, we lifted a lot, didn't sleep a lot, or drink, drink a lot, drank a lot of beer. Um, we stayed shredded though. We did. We did the whole time. We did. We, we did. We're <laughs> young at that age. Okay, Connor, stop. Stop. <laughs> let us let us relive this. <laughs> Well, you were 21 back then, so yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Years old. That was that was a wild time, and so on, on top of so this is this is a a true testament of how how driven Josh is. Josh, so during all of this, he was working nights. He was driving back and forth to Portland and doing these photo shoots. He was dieting like a fucking madman. I did, and then diet. he was doing cheer and school on top of all of that. And he, he still managed to, to make friends and have a social life. It's like... Yeah, he's very balanced. Bro, I, I, was, I was watching this guy in, in cheer practice. I was like, I don't know how you're alive, let alone <laughs> like here. And I was just like, I... At, at that point, I, I have looked up to you ever since. Because it's just like, I want to be as, as driven... And and find find that purpose like you you see so back back then obviously you didn't have you didn't have the the exact vision of your purpose but you I knew I didn't want to be poor yeah she's <laughs> <laughs> like I'm tired of peanut butter <laughs> well, yeah, that, I, I watched like that was I watched wild, man I got watched how hard my parents worked financially and my dad's doing well now but I just remember. Like, I can't thank my parents enough mm. because they sacrificed everything to take care of us and all those kids. And my dad works his butt off. You know, he's still up at 3 a.m. every day to be up to Portland by 5 or 4.30. Yeah, shout out to the parents, definitely. Yo, and that's where I got that work ethic was that example. You don't tell kids how to do that. You show kids how yes. to do that. Yes. Oh. Exactly. oh, yes. So, you know, and... What, where did he get that? Well, he got that from my, my grandfather. And um, he said the same thing. And I think it every single morning when I have to wake up at freaking 3.30 is daylight in the swamp, dude. You know, like that's what my dad would say when it was time to wake up. Daylight in the swamp. And he said that because his dad said it and his dad before him said it. And it's a farmer. I don't know why. And it just is what it is. My grandfather was a farmer, he owned hundreds of acres of land, you know, whatever, mismanaged some stuff. My dad took out a bunch of his debt and my dad's finally been able to pay it off, I think. But um, you know, and then he decided instead of getting rich he would take care of a whole zoo of kids. Because <laughs> he's got <laughs> the biggest heart in the world. But um yeah, I, I want to basically be I, I work every day because I, I want to be able to make sure that when my parents can't work like that anymore, they're okay, and they don't have to worry. And I don't know, like, I, I, I just can't thank them enough for how much they've given to me and to the kids in my community. Um, and I, I want to be in a position where I don't... I, I just remember not having... 
and it's not like I'm from India or Africa, some third world country, but I just remember not having, and I don't want to do that. And I don't want to have kids and do that too, you know? So, and I want to make sure my parents someday don't have to ever worry about anything. So that's, that's why I get up early and mm -hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't, like I, I wake up usually at four, four thirty. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Time to go. Let's go. I know he always answers because I text late at night sometimes and he does he never, I, never I don't answer after know. eight. Yeah, I never expected to. Thirty, my phone's going. Oh, Josh is answering all my questions. So, but it's also awesome. paying it forward. With that with that work ethic, paying it forward to your family, just providing for the future and the past, like where your your parents sacrificed a lot to bring you like to this point, Josh. Like that's why you work hard, and I, I really respect that about you. Yeah. That's why you're you know you're you're a big leader for me. So they were kids when they had me. So well, yeah, little kids. Yeah, <laughs> well and. And the reason the four of us got together is we were all working alone. I think we've told this story before on a show. And I just, I was going out of my mind with, with not having support. So I reached out to all three of them and said, hey, can we do like a creative think tank so we can kind of help our businesses? And come to find out, we're taking our businesses and just combining them and making one business out of it. Josh is like, let's, let's do the podcast. Let's do Blue Collar Fitness. The four of us met a couple of nights ago. We had a meeting and we have some incredible ideas for the future. We have some passion and drive and creativity that the four of us are bringing to the table. And we are just so excited about our future. We're excited about the things that we're going to be bringing to all of you guys. Um, and it's just amazing. So I feel very blessed to work with these three gentlemen. And I hope that uh, you guys listen to us tonight. I hope this kind of gives a better explanation as to who we are, what we are, why we are. And um, we hope you, uh, we just hope you really enjoyed this as much as I did because I know I feel really good. So thank yeah. you guys. You guys made me feel things tonight. And <laughs> it was it was weird. I'm gonna yeah. I love this I love show. This. I'm gonna push them all down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah those feelings <laughs> arose <laughs> and they're going back in. They're going way down yeah, there again. Still... <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. Uh, Thanks for listening. This has been a great podcast with the four best friends I can have. Three. <laughs> you love yourself too, so yeah. I am also my own best friend. That's right. <laughs> I believe this is a two-part episode. Um, oh, possibly. Is it, uh, I don't think so. I think we're running at like a one one thirteen. That's not even bad. That's like like a, that's like the intro to Joe Rogan. Yeah. <laughs> that's just that's just the ads. Just, we, we love you, Joe. We love you. Um, it was a joke. Joe, You're a comedian, you should understand. Joe Rogan, you are my idol. I've yes, yeah, I, yes. I, I, He's amazing. I want to. I want to make. I want to make what he makes just talking to people. I want yes, to be incredible. If I work as hard as Joe Rogan, maybe someday. Yeah, he is. He is hard. There's a dude. Yeah. There's a. That's dude. for a whole nother episode. Anyways. Anyways. Thank you for tuning in, y'all, and. Uh, be, be sure to leave a review, a uh, five-star review, if you can. Uh, we still don't know how to do that on Spotify, but we will <laughs> yeah. figure that out. You're on Google. And, and yeah, we're on, we're on everything. Yep. BlueCollarFitnessPodcast.com. You can follow me at uh, Sarge Josh on Instagram. You can follow Dave at Dave.Shuff on Instagram. T-Chase Powers on yes, IG and Mr. Connor Burton. Connor Burton, Mr. Connor Burton on Instagram and ConnorBurtonTrain.com. We love you guys. Take care.
It's not a YouTube channel. <laughs>